Brain Noodles. Welcome to Brain Noodles. This is the Geeks Like Us podcast where myself and a few of my psychology friends sit around and talk about the things that our brains are noodling on. I was a little smaller group today, so I am joined by two amazing psychology types. One doctor almost and one a doctor for sure. <laughs> uh, so let's go. Let's go with that. Amelia. Can you introduce yourself first? Sure. Uh, I'm Amelia Herbst. I am the community manager of Geeks Like Us and the producer of Brain Noodles. I am the almost psychologist. Um, I have one more year of training and then, you know, all that fun licensing stuff and then I'll be there. Yay. And Kelly. Hey, I'm Dr. Kelly Dunlap. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist practicing in Maryland. I also teach game design at American University to graduate students. I'm the community manager for Take This. And I think that covers it, more or less. Depends on the day. I'm the uh, co-founder of Geeks Like Us and DM for Clinical Role, host of Psychology at the Table, host for Brain Noodles, private practice, and other... I do other things, too. I don't know. I'm busy. And I have small humans in my house. So now, like, getting ready to come up on being a teacher. So that's going to be fun. (laughs) Can confirm. Being a teacher is great. I... Well... No, thanks. I mean, to so, be fair, my students don't throw food at me, so. Well, and, and so, like, I've got a, um, a high schooler in the house who's actually going to be going to middle college, so they're fine. Like, I don't have to do much besides, like, helping edit papers and stuff with them if they ever ask. But then I've got a kindergarten and first grader, and so my stepmother sent me this book, which is Literacy Continuum, which is, it's amazing, but it is also... 668 pages of how to teach children how to read oh geez no no thanks <laughs> i don't have time to read my own stuff <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that, that's where we're working on setting up the at-home classroom because in north carolina uh it is all going to be um remote learning at least in through december and since that's going to be the midst of cold season i can only assume at least through march so uh we're getting set up for that yep good times that's what's going on in my life what's going on with you two <laughs> well i also have a tiny human but he thankfully is tiny enough that he's not in school so i don't have to worry until next year but my tiny human's birthday is tomorrow Aww. and he turns the big four uh, <laughs> yeah so it's been a lot of fun um it's really really cool like buying presents I'm such a nerd because he's old enough now to like really get into it and have wants and preferences and like to be genuinely surprised by things. And although he did ask for a baby sister for his birthday, um, gonna be letting him down on that one. But the trampoline with no bar, though, that one I'm delivering on. <laughs> um, I'm moving, as I think I've said every time I've been on <laughs> since like. April or May. Um, mm-hmm. But now it's like down to the wire. Uh, I'm, I leave in less than three weeks. So I need to attempt to pack up the majority of my life and, you know, move it from Pennsylvania to Washington, um, which I'm super excited about. But at the same time, the concept of me like walking into my office with a box and looking at everything and going, all right, how to fit things in box and make it so it's efficient, but that it also gets as much as possible. You know, it's, it's just something my brain has a really hard time doing. So what I'm hearing you say is you need to play more Tetris. I think so. I think so. <laughs> I'll offer a second opinion. Yes. 
Oh, that's now. Are you at the point of packing though, where like you start off all organized, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like the, the books that make sense that go together with a couple of lighter things so that it's not an overly heavy box. But then like you get to the end and you're just like, there's some of my dirty laundry plus some pens and like whatever else I just happened to grab and chuck into the box. I am actually still at the beginning stage. Um, what I did when I went out to look at apartments last two weeks ago, um, I actually packed like 80% of my wardrobe into two really big suitcases and I flew them out there (laughs) and dropped them off with a friend, which I think helped. But even then I wasn't necessarily like organized when I was packing that stuff. It was literally taking stuff off of hangers and out of drawers and just putting them in a suitcase. That's going to be fun to unpack when I finally get there, but no, still, still nicely organizing stuff. Um, Not that I want to give myself away too much, but I actually have a lot of electronics. So for me, it's more like that stuff's actually going physically in the car with me to drive out there. And I think we're trying to figure out like, should I ship some of that stuff? Cause it's going to friends. And then how much do I physically take in the car? And then I'm going to be anxious about having it in the car for the entire drive out there. Like my electric cello is probably the more expensive thing that's going to be in the car with me. But like, <sighs> do I take it out every night and bring it into the hotel with me? And then, but what about the computer that's going to be in there too? Like I'm not taking that out every time. So it's, I think that's the stuff I'm like focusing on and I'm not actually thinking about like the books and the pens and the kitchen stuff which for some reason's easier even though probably when I actually go to pack it I'm gonna be ready to just toss all of it but we'll see <laughs> yeah that's one thing I saw was uh the Tesla cars their storage like so the hood it's a, a tr- another trunk and then in their um trunk it actually lifts up and there's more storage underneath the trunk so like when you are packing things and like you can like have all of your stuff packed, but it's not visible from any of the windows and it does not look like you are traveling. Um, I have I a RAV4, really cool. so it's not that super fancy, um, yeah. but I, I'm like trying to like think of ways, like how do I make it look like that is just a lot of nonsense in there? So well, you make it look I- like, yeah, you have to make it look like a POS car. Like yeah. my, my friend Terry and um, when we lived in Hawaii, she had this super cheap car that was awful but it got from point a to point b and the thing that she loved was she could leave it unlocked with the keys in it and nobody would touch it because it looked like such a piece of junk yeah Um, they also had like food wrappers all over the back seat (laughs) that's what i'm thinking of doing i'm thinking of like putting (laughs) trash bags back there i mean the problem is my car is newer it's a 2019 so unfortunately i can't get necessarily the crappy car look out of it but i'm thinking like food wrappers i'm thinking of like plastic bags and like really old blankets and stuff to throw over everything I feel like Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm putting a lot more anxiety into it than I probably should but yeah (laughs) I'm watching (laughs) Kelly's face the more I describe it and the concern just keeps escalating (laughs) with everything that I say (laughs) I said nothing I gave no words no you did not It's hard though moving and like when you have everything in your car because yeah it it is like your whole there was an episode of scrubs where that happened where like she had everything in a moving van and someone stole all of her stuff and like it was so heartbreaking yeah i don't have to turn into um what's this guy from taken like i don't like i don't have to like get on a call with somebody and be like i will find you (laughs) and i will hunt you down and i will kill you because i need all of that stuff (laughs) Well, that escalated very quickly. 
um, from packing to murder in pretty record time. I guess I will just throw out there, I am of the school that people are inherently good and most people do not give a crap about my existence Mm -hmm. and I take full advantage of that. And so, no, I probably wouldn't leave the cello in, but that's a pretty easy thing to move in and out, especially if you know that's what you want to do. And then the computer, of course, you know, based on its size, like if it's a desktop, obviously it doesn't make sense to haul in and out, but then you put a nice blanket over it or something. But just the more you try to look like you're flying casual, the less casual flying you are going to look. Fair. Yeah. I take no, no responsibility things. for what happens on this trip. <laughs> Just for the record. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think, because I actually made that drive in the opposite direction. So I moved from Tacoma to Virginia Beach. Um, I think we did it in two days. If I remember, wow. we stopped in Fargo. I know that. Oh, we stopped in Chicago. We spent a couple days in Chicago with my friend. My friend from Hawaii had moved to Chicago, got rid of the, the junkie car, <laughs> left the junkie car in Hawaii, surprisingly. Uh, we stayed a few days with them. And then, because we had my cat with us too. So we were trying to limit time in the car for the cat as much as possible. Mm. Um, but I'm remembering possibly three, ho- so possibly four stops. So it might've been four days that we drove cross country. No, thanks. Good luck. <laughs> I'll be cheering for you. I appreciate it. Get a lot of podcasts. Yes. Yeah. Get some good audiobooks. Plan. That's that's like the best time to listen. Is I have an incredibly short commute to work now. I'm really, really blessed with that. And it is something I love. Um, because when I was in the military, I had an hour plus commute each way. Uh, so I was spending over two hours in the car. I got to listen to so many audiobooks. I was so well air quotes around red during that time in my life, but like, I don't give the time to audiobooks anymore. And I kind of miss that. And I'm trying to figure out a way to bring them back into my life so I can be a little bit more caught up on current literature and stuff. My commute is from upstairs to downstairs right now. So not a lot of, uh, listening. uh, When I wash the dishes, Mm -hmm. that's like, I'll pop in my earbud and that's pretty much the only time I have. Yeah. Same, same. So, uh, what games have you all been playing recently? What's been going on with gaming and is it the Animal Crossing? Haven't been playing a lot of anything new. Um, There are a couple games on the horizon that I'm very excited about um, and I'm kind of anxiously anticipating them. But what I have not been doing in playing, I have been doing in making. So I am actively in development. Yeah, I've seen your tweets around like your therapy dog game. Mm Mm-hmm. And so last night I busted out like this giant branching narrative chunk that uh, goes into uh, Mr. Toots' childhood or rather his puppyhood. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited because it has the kind of thing where he like starts going off on a tangent and then Ellie, the therapy dog, asks unto herself and therefore unto the player, hmm, should I interrupt and redirect? Or should I let him talk? <laughs> I'm not sure this is relevant. And of course, you can continue to let Mr. Toots tell this ridiculous story about him and his brother, Sir Ruffington III, um, and the hijacks they got into uh, while, while puppies. And so I, what's, I realized last night as I spent probably about two hours building out that narrative arc and then actually implementing it into Unity. And it has, really doesn't move the story forward whatsoever because you can absolutely skip all of it. You can just go, nope, I'm going to interrupt. And that takes you to a different branch that just actually carries the narrative forward. And it's like, you know, 
it didn't really like it didn't further my game, but it expanded the universe. And so I'm gonna have to be happy with that. Hey, that works. I feel like there's tons of games like that though, you know, where it's mm -hmm. you know, you go on this really, really, really long tangent with the game and then you find out that there's absolutely not no substance to it when it actually comes to like the main plot. And but then you're like, you know what? I'm happy I did it because I feel like I wouldn't have seen this and experienced it if I didn't do it. So I definitely wanted to be an experience. And There's honestly, actually, I highly doubt anybody will cut. I think that everybody wants to know what Mr. Toots was up to with Sir Ruffington the third. Especially with those names. Yeah. They're great names. Well, there's two achievements like that in Breath of the Wild. If you collect all the Korok seeds, the only thing you get is a big Korok seed, which the Korok seeds are poop. I mean, you get a big pile of poop <laughs> if you get all of them. And then if you take a photograph of everything, you're given a photograph that you can't even look at. Um, it's just in your inventory that you have this fo photograph for taking a photograph of everything in the world. So I'm just, for the record, going to take that snippet and, you know, insert Ellie Beagle, Ellie Beagle therapy dog, dot, dot, dot. It's just like Breath of the Wild. Dr. There Megan you go. Cannell. <laughs> Bam. I've got my endorsement. I'm ready. Yay. Now I just got to like make the game. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. Just that's like amazing. <laughs> Wait, I wonder if that's how they're actually done. Anyway, I won't get off on too much of a tangent, but um, just make it just made me sit here and think about endorsements and how much is actually cut out. Um, but so much. I'm going to put that aside. Um, I am replaying Skyrim. And I can say now, because by the time this episode comes out, the new season of Lord du Jour will have already started. I'm replaying it because I'm co-hosting the new season of Lord du Jour with our good friend, Dr. Emery Daniel, and we are doing Skyrim. So I am replaying it because I know that I definitely forgot stuff, even though I've already played it two times through. So it's it's been interesting to start going through the story again um and it's also insanely frustrating to not have my choice horse and my choice weapons and to like be at the bottom and be like why am i over encumbered already <laughs> and slowly crawl my way through the dungeons because i am one of those players but i don't get rid of it until i can sell it because i need gold that's the way i play too and i feel like skyrim though kind of punishes those players because there is so much stuff it really encourages you to think more of like what do you actually need and want versus carrying everything mm -hmm. of course i do the thing of like finding a small chest halfway through the dungeon and as i go deeper into it i go back to that chest to unload everything and then i only have to go through half the dungeon to grab the stuff to go back to town to sell it <laughs> that's so smart I just start shedding stuff that I don't need <laughs> and then and then or for instance if I know that there's a boss at the end of the dungeon um like Bleak Falls Barrow I know that like I will drop the heavy stuff that I have on me to run up to fight you know the the Draugr Lord that's up there and then I go back to where I started at the at the beginning part of that room and then I pick up all of the weapons and then nice. slowly make my way out. <laughs> I think with Bleak Falls Barrow, that's where I got stuck on my second playthrough. And I say playthrough, I've never actually beaten the game. I keep getting stuck in side quests and then going to no. go, ah, I can't. Um, is that the one where it teleports between the three uh, like little no, plinths in the middle um, and you have to shoot it? No, that's the one with um, uh, 
when you go to get the horn, Jurgen Windcaller. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that dungeon. And I don't do yeah. games well, so it's that one. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I got stuck in that one and I couldn't. You, the only way out is to kill the boss. You can't go back because you fell down this place that you can't climb back out. And so, like, I was just literally stuck and I could not. I ran out of arrows, so then I couldn't shoot the guy. And I'm like, all right, guess we're going to do a new start. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Is it that one? Well, that's bad. I'm co-hosting the stream it's, and I'm sitting here like, is that is it that the, particular one? This is the most fascinating part of the podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> it's in the town. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm per- perpetuating this. No, it's the little village that's at the bottom of the mountain where you go up to the um, graybeards. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a it's a barrow graveyard in there. You go. In. It's like people oh, have been hearing. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Okay, I do know. I do remember the one that you're talking about. Yep, I got stuck in there. I am a pro gamer. <laughs> so play styles are real. Because yes. it feels a lot like I think the episode from two weeks ago or whenever it was when we were talking about movies that traumatized us, and I just kind of nodded and smiled and said, "Yes, I didn't traumatize myself as a child." Um, <laughs> And so hearing these adventures in Skyrim, I'm like, oh, okay. Huh, that's an interesting way to play. What do you what do you mean you don't just kick in every door and pick up what you need and leave the rest and stay like a, a lean, two-handed heavy armor murdering machine? Oh, okay. I guess there are other ways to play it. I am okay. trying to play that way this time. Um trying? because I am I'm trying, because I am typically the sneaky archer type. Um, I, I definitely am. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. But okay. I, so here's I what you do: <laughs> go to the Companions Guild, complete the Canyon Companions Guild quest, get Wuthrid, and you will be fine. Okay. Do the Companions first. Yeah. See, that's the problem: is that all of the ones that I that take preference for me are like the Mages College and then the Dark Brotherhood. So, like, since those are the ones that take preference for me, they're the ones that are sneaky and magic related and, you know, require you to have a little more distance. So it's like, I guess that's why. I've got to say, there's something very empowering about being decked out after a couple hundred hours and hearing a dragon, like the dragon noise and not feeling a sense of panic. Yeah. And more of like, come forth and fight. Or you can run away. That's fine too. Like, I really can't be bothered to deal with you right now. Mammoth, whatever giants, I'm going to take your cheese. I don't care. Like you can't touch this. And yeah. I I think one of my favorite Skyrim moments was like, was playing as my son was watching me. I came out of a dungeon and we just see a giant fall from the sky onto the ground. We're like, was that a glitch? And then we look up and there's a dragon circling over the giant. I'm like, oh, no, no, the, the dragon's killing the giant. Okay, cool. Let's fast travel out of here. <laughs> like, I can't like be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, my personal favorite was, um, so obviously my husband and I were playing, obviously have to be on separate uh, games, separate. Um, and so I was talking, he was talking about this dungeon that he was going through and how it took so long because he's a stealth character and he like has to be sneaky, sneaky. And he's like, it took me hours to get through that. And I looked at the dungeon. I'm like, oh yeah, I did that in like five minutes. So I literally just kicked in doors and like washed up and punched the main guy in the face and then didn't even bother with the little minions and the scrolls because they couldn't hurt me. And I'm just like, take the thing and I'm gone. And like, oh, that took me hours. I'm like, I know. (laughs) You were sneaky and I'm really happy for you. His stealth is incredible. (laughs) Very good. Very good. I just don't have the patience. Yeah. Yeah. See, I've been playing... uh, Actually, I played a lot of Minecraft this weekend, modded Minecraft and playing um, 
oh, I think it's Animatica 2 mod pack. Uh, I'm enjoying it. We added uh, fire and ice, though, which adds dragons and things to the game. Like uh, we finished our house, and then my husband went out exploring, and a dragon followed him home and promptly burned down half the house. Oh, <laughs> so, so that's been fun. But like, it, it's um, if you're familiar with the mods for Minecraft, it's got Pam's Harvard, Harvest Craft in it, so you can grow like every type of tr fruit tree that you want. And you can make all kinds of different foods and there's quest lines to make like all the different types of fruit juices and growing all of the different foods and having all these different plants and then there's animals which we figured out once the animals are well fed and watered they will just keep breeding on their own and you can't stop it and so like we're trying to we're gonna have to go and make all the bulls on one side and the cows on the other and to make sure that they actually have to be together in order to breed because the population keeps getting out of hand <laughs> that's hysterical wow. that's, it is it was really funny it was, it's like we go away from the house for a little while to go you know find some stuff and then come back and it's like why are there 50 cows <laughs> guess we're having burgers tonight yep <laughs> But anyway, we'll take a quick break and we will come back and chat around our main topic. Hey, I'm Jonathan Anslow. You can catch me on Retronathan Fridays at 4.30, where I'll be playing various indie games that feature a retro aesthetic. Come reminisce with me about a time when chiptune and pixel art ruled. All right, so welcome back. Uh, we're joined by another noodler has, has come into the midst. Uh, Rachel, can you introduce yourself really quickly? Hi, I am Dr. Rachel Cowart. I am the research director for Take This, and I'm sorry that I'm late, but I am here now. Yay! So uh, we're, I feel like this is almost a continuation of our discussion last week where we were talking about, or two weeks ago, sorry, on um, responsibility in, for artistic expression, because in the interim time, a trailer dropped for a new game that's coming out this fall called Gamer Girl. Um, Amelia's shaking her head. Yes, I watched it right before we went live and Kelly made the excellent point. We should have had me watch it <laughs> as we were recording. In real time. You oh. give me a, a think aloud process of the trailer. Yeah. yeah. Actually, Amelia, since you just watched it, you're the freshest eyes on it. Oh no. Um, <laughs> what the fluff? Um, that's just, I mean, <laughs> I just... <laughs> I don't even know. At first, I was like, okay, I mean, positivity. This girlfriend's doing what she wants to do with her life. Like, that's great. That's awesome. Why Why is there? Then she's putting a lot of stress on the moderator. As the, moder as the main moderator for geeks like us, if I would have, like, you know, Ryan look at his phone and go, moderator should i answer this i'd be like do that though <laughs> like, why the hell are you asking me so maybe then, maybe we should like take a step back and like walk through the trailer just in case somebody doesn't know hey. what this is my my suggestion no, no, that's a good idea. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give the quick summary of it uh so it, it's Basically, the premise of the game is you are the primary moderator and I think also friend of this girl who is streaming and getting harassed by people in her chat, um, dealing with people in her life not liking that she's streaming. And then it sort of takes a black mirror twist and like she's, it, it seems like it starts off with her streaming games and doing kind of normally stream stuff, but then it's like her streaming out at a club and going to do a health and welfare check on one of her friends. Um, 
Seems legit. It seems like something we all do as female content creators. Yeah. Right. Especially right. the scene where she's wearing the, the club, the cat ears at the club. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can find the trailer on YouTube. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's got a lot of buzz about it. Most of it pretty bad, which I think is well deserved. And like, I wanted to read a couple articles on it before we started just to kind of understand a little bit more of what's going on with the game. And like, if the creators are to be believed, we have to give them the benefit of the doubt and what they're talking about. Their vision for the game is to show how toxic um, culture in the chat and things can in fact impact the streamer and impact your own mental health and well-being. Which, okay, that's and it, you know, I think it's an important lesson. I don't know if they land, stuck the landing though with the delivery of it because I think, and also it's also taking like, let's take someone's trauma because lots of people and people that we know have gone through this stuff for real and turn it into a game. Um, but I guess we could also say the same for a lot of the war games. Um, so. <laughs> I want to. I want to reserve. I've got. I've got like a spreadsheet of issues I have with this. So, but I want to uh, be kind for other people's time too. So I'm going to hold off, and because uh, once I go, I'm gone. So <laughs> I, <laughs> there's multiple issues. I won't take all of them. I'm sure Kelly wants to talk about some of them too. The first being, it doesn't seem to be a relationship. Start off with the moderator, because a moderator like Amelia is a moderator for geeks like us. We love her and we trust her. And I would call her and I would ask for her opinion. This seems to be more of like a weird twisted relationship between a streamer and a viewer. And I don't know if they are actually friends because the interactions do seem like, hey, welcome to being my new moderator. We're going to have, I don't know. It just all seems kind of a bit weird, number one. Number two, it does also put zero sense of agency on, on the streamer. That was a point that I've seen um, been picked up a lot where it's like you as the moderator deciding what the streamer does. And female content creators and female streamers already have this weird blurred line between viewer and presenter, these parasocial relationships where the viewer feels like they know the streamer when in reality they, they don't. Like the streamer is, is a form of entertainment basically. And to, to make a video that's glorifying this relationship, a two-way parasocial relationship, which is not a thing, um, also seems a bit weird. And then the timing in the Me Too movement in the gaming industry, where women are saying men are stalking us and abusing us and mistreating us. They're like, I know, let's make a game where you can do that. And it's like, okay, I think you're not reading the room, but well, and, I and like it just, it seemed like a Black Mirror episode to me. Yeah, except Black Mirror is good. <laughs> ah! Nice. Yeah, I love Vandersnatch and I love Charlie Brooker. Okay, but Black Mirror has an element of like believability and realistic and dystopia. And you know, this is is like too too real, too stalkery, too this is already happening right now. Why are we really whereas Black Mirror is just a little bit a little bit more detached, like a little bit like, oh maybe this could happen in the future. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I could take that. Yeah. So Black Mirror is more like an exaggeration. Yeah. And this like an again actual... like this is taking people's real life traumatic experiences and gamifying mm -hmm. it but again like yeah. the thing i keep grappling with is soldiers in war but this is an mm -hmm. fmv also mm -hmm. instead of an animated yes yeah. anyway yeah. kelly go on kelly has we've been making her wait too long I'm, 
no, no, Amelia, Amelia needs to talk. There's... Amelia needs to oh, talk. Gosh. <laughs> I need to be respectful. <laughs> um, so, I mean, everything that Rachel already said, the thing that really started to stick out. So the whole thing with her doing the filming in the club i mean that didn't that first that at first made me go like like i mean i feel like that's just purposely putting imagery in to market to a certain type of audience but then at the same time i mean irl streaming is something that kind of is something that is taking off or there's a lot more conversations about it like a friend of mine wore a streaming backpack to pax east mm-hmm. Um, Because he wanted to test out to see whether or not that was something that he could do. Um, So I can kind of, there is some believability in that. I just think they clearly chose to take certain elements of it to uh, feed the attraction to a certain audience, but then also add that weird Black Mirror twist to it. You know, towards the end of the trailer, things get a little shaky and off. And then that's what I'm like, uh, like, God forbid, if you choose the wrong thing, do they kill her? Like, that's like the only thing that's that I can think, I think of. And then at that do. point, it's like, why? Yes. Right. <laughs> or that's what they want you to why? think. It's possible. But even, but why do they want us to think that? Yeah. Well, it's called misogyny. <laughs> <laughs> and that feels like my foray. Okay. I'm going to limber up here. Oh, oh. All right. <laughs> so many things and I'm going to try and have them have some kind of semblance of coherence, but there's no guarantee. One, this is obviously a game that has been made by men for men. And if you have looked into the dev team, it's like 12 white dudes. I might be wrong on the number, but they're all white and they're all dudes. They claim that the, the actress who played the streamer like shared her stories and experiences and was totally on board with the creation process. And they quote unquote spoke to lots of women streamers about their experiences as if that somehow validates what they did and makes what they did. Okay. Another thing is they are trying to say, Oh, we're trying to raise awareness. One fuck off. All right. If it's 2020 and you're just now aware that women in general, but women content creators are being harassed and stalked and having their lives threatened. Seriously, go to the back of the room and look in the corner and think about what you've done. Because like, I'm sorry, I didn't live through Gamergate six years ago and ongoing for you to suddenly bring awareness to some kind of crap like that. No. And on the other hand, you have the trailer, which again, it does make it look more black mirror and there's the dark turn at the end that insinuates that you know this could be like some kind of like murder survival mystery pick one you don't get to have on one hand saying oh we're super woke and we're dedicated to raising awareness about this really important issue and about mental health impact on female streamers and oh by the way it's like a murder mystery suspense and you never know what's gonna happen like you can't mix messaging it's not gonna go over well and it hasn't gone over well and that's not even touching the game yet I mean, think about the name is Gamer Girl. There's so much negative stigma and connotation around that term. Like you say Gamer Girl, and there's a very clear image that pops up of a woman who, okay. Because otherwise I'm going to go. I was going to ask, like, didn't didn't Felicia, she did a Gamer Girl song, right? And she got like so much hate for it, didn't she? I don't know about that. I think I think she That sounds familiar. That's a tabletop world thing, so I must have missed it. No, no, no. But that's okay. It was a video gaming thing for felicia Day. Yeah. it's a youtube thing too so so i miss that but yeah gamer girl tons of negative connotation like if you say and if you're in a gaming environment you say oh i'm a gamer girl 
it has connotations of cam girl. It has connotations of like pay for access to me. It has, I'm not actually a real video game player. I'm doing this for attention. Like all these really terrible tropes that we tend to assign to women anyways, especially women in media. Like there's nothing wrong with being a cam girl. There's nothing wrong with like wanting to show your body on stream. I don't have an issue with that, but it's commodified into, oh, you are exploiting your body to get men to fall in love with you. And you know, it's that whole idea of, you know, woman is the succubus trope, just expanded infinitely and that's just the title and then something that drives me absolutely wanting to tear my hair out is from the game design perspective one of the reasons this feels so incredibly creepy at least for me is that you play as the moderator and you are controlling the life of another person the person is not you like if you were making this and you were playing as the streamer it would be very, very different experience because then you're receiving the harassment, which is not great, but at least you are getting to decide and have your own agency. And then in the trailer, like it's very clear that every decision is being made by you, which in Bandersnatch, you know, it's another FMV works because you are the protagonist. And so you're making your own choices. This, it feels really creepy because you're literally controlling the decisions of another human being, not something animated, not something abstract. An actual person is looking to you and it's really creepy and it's really unsettling, especially because like, even if the gender of the moderator was specifically female, then maybe it could be more tolerable. But all I can imagine is that this was made by a bunch of white dudes for a bunch of other white dudes who want to like, ooh, I wanna control what a woman does. Cause obviously that's what we need more of in our society is men getting to control what someone does. And it's really uncomfortable for, for that reason as well. And then of course it just expands on all the tropes around women in gaming and content creation and streaming. Like she, the second scene is of her like in skimpy short shorts and a tank top, like doing yeah. this little jiggle thing, which again, not an issue. There's no shaming body positivity out everywhere, but it's like they made this game. They collected every trope and gross stereotype known to person kind about women, their experience, and their experience as content creators, and they shoved it into something that they call a game, which as an academic scholar snob, I disagree with. It is not a game. That's why it's called a full motion video, not a full motion game, but beside the point. And they just left it there. There's no commentary. There's no like analysis. Like At least with Black Mirror, they can go to the extreme, but then there's like a reflection point and we're like, oh crap, that's bad. And at least yeah. as far as this trailer shows, it's like that, but without the reflection piece. But rather you get to feel like a good person because you helped this girl survive or something. Well, and like one of the things I really, like the first time I watched the trailer, I didn't finish it because I was just like, are you kidding me? I just had to rage quit the trailer. But like, it feels like you're saying, Kelly, like the stereotype thing of like, it's trying to put all of the different stereotypes that we have for women streamers into one but none of them are like the real thing of like a someone who is just really good at games and enjoys playing games with other people like, no i have to be giggling in my short shorts next to another really attractive female as we play mario kart and and laugh on our bed really i've never seen that stream does that i don't know i watch a lot of streams yeah and again it's not about like you know, policing someone's appearance. No. Because that already gets tons and tons mm -hmm. of hate. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's like, really? This, I can't see, and that's probably because I'm not a dude, 
I can't see looking at this product, even if it's just the trailer. Maybe the game is different. I don't know. I don't know anybody who's been able to play it because they pulled it back. The backlash was so strong. They like redacted the trailer and they pulled it off the internet as best they could, but it's the internet. So it's there. Yeah. But like seeing that and how many people had to think that that was okay to ship, that this somehow would resonate with the current culture and the current moment. And I bet it did resonate with their intended audience. And so if you're mm-hmm. feeling repulsed yeah. by it, you're not the intended audience. And that yeah. should let you know a whole lot about who this game was made for and whose perspective this game was made from. Well, and, and again, it goes back to our last conversation. Like, what is the responsibility of artists and creators? Because like, well, maybe the harassment piece does capture an experience. Like, is it done in a way that is thoughtful and thought provoking and can move change in a positive way or is it done just in a way to be sensationalized and exploitive and i think that's what the trailer does it's sensationalized it feels exploitative it feels like icky and vulnerable and like ending up with both controlling a woman and then fridging her like that is it's 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 not a good it's not a good feeling and in terms of it being a game again game loosely in quotes i don't think there's any topic a game can't tackle because if that dragon cancer can tackle pediatric cancer you know what, there's, and you know, Papa Neo talks about abuse and like, there's no topic to me that's off limits for games, but you have to do it in a respectful way. And it feels like for them, oh, oh, well, we talked to a woman. That's really been their defense is we talked to a woman and she said it was okay. And it's like, no, that's not how you deal with something that is this difficult. And Megan, when you were talking about, you know, war sims and stuff like that, in those games, you have some agency, even in something like Spec Ops The Line, which is inherently, you know, portraying of, of trauma and PTSD and like horrible war crimes. You have some agency and the points where you don't are ones that are reflected on later to emphasize just how disruptive and horrible war can be. And again, I fully admit, I've only seen the trailer. I've seen other people who have talked about the trailer. But as far as I know, no gameplay has been released. And I do feel like if the game was different than the trailer, they would have put out a new trailer. They would have issued a correction. Their response wouldn't have been, oh, but we talked to women, possibly two of them. You know, like they, they would make well, a change and they haven't. And, and so let's talk about like change and action steps. So like, again, I... I don't disagree with if, again, if we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt and that, that premise of wanting to highlight how a toxic community can impact your psychological well-being, I, get, I think that's a really cool idea to explore in a thoughtful way, but you want to consult the right people. And like consulting doesn't mean I talk to someone on the phone. It's you vet a person, you hire them, so you actually pay them a consulting fee to give you honest feedback. You don't want to be making things in a room full of people that agree with you. Well, and on top of that with that, you know, oh, well, we worked with this actress and she was fine with it. Yeah, did you, did you ever stop to think about she's being paid and that if she disagrees mm-hmm. with you, maybe it's her paycheck that's on the line. Maybe it's her well-being, like, and not being able to feed her cat or something. Like, and then again, the idea that, oh, one woman, therefore all women, is also problematic. And I don't, for one, believe them when they say, oh, well, we were trying to raise awareness. Um, because anybody, awareness work begins with understanding what's been done before. And if you can come at it and say, oh, well, we're raising awareness about this thing. I mean, you were literally, <laughs> if nothing else, you were just forgetting that Gamergate exists, which 
is just unforgivable <laughs> to, to me. Like you don't even have to be a scholar to know that this mm -hmm. is an issue that has been plaguing women online since there were like pictures on the internet. And so I do find it has some of that like grandiosity of, oh, well, we are the ones to bring this message. And it's like, no, this is, this is real life for a lot of women who stream and who create content. And it has been for a long time. And we've been yelling for attention for a long time. I don't need you group of white dudes to come in and do that. If you want to support, great. Take the money you would have made this, this game thing with and give it to like women's shelters or like women content creators. Like that's how you make change in the world. This idea of, well, I can just talk about something and like, what's the thing in the artist community? Exposure doesn't pay your bills. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing here. Like, okay, you raised awareness, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. What next? And so it feels very hollow. And even if they had well, good intentions. But I, and I'm going to play a little bit of a devil's advocate here because like, like you said, we're not the target audience, right? We don't need awareness raised for us. So I wonder if this is a thing, you know, and like, again, I don't think it's seemingly well done. No gaming you know, like we said, no one's played through it, but I wonder if for the targeted audience, the hope is to have someone come to the end and be like, is that really what people go through? I didn't realize it was like that. And I don't know. I don't, you know, my hopes for that are pretty low, but maybe if like Kelly said, if you played the role of the streamer, it yeah, is really weird that she has no agency. That does yeah. seem weird. Oh, Jack's calling. What do I do? Stares yeah. into the screen very intensely. And Tell me, Amelia, do I answer the phone? <laughs> no, if you're asking me, the answer is no. Um, <laughs> Keep streaming, damn it, you're so on. Yeah. <laughs> Unprofessional. I mean, I think my primary concern about it, the more I've been sitting here and thinking about it, and if, so not knowing how the game ends, not knowing, just going based off of the trailer and the last few seconds of it, if bad decisions ends up harming this streamer in some way, um, be it she gets attacked, be it it's murder, be it something like that, that is not exactly something we want simulated. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I think that's my primary concern about it, especially somebody that works with, like, teenage boys and young men. Like, I can think of a few clients that, you know, they'd want to see what that's like to have that mm -hmm. control and agency over somebody that leads them into their death or potential harm because I work with interesting kids, but let's move past mm -hmm. that. Um, but mm -hmm. why would we want to create something that does it? I mean, I understand even if like there's this huge paragraph about like, you know, if somebody's asking you for help, you don't do this thing because it could, could potentially cause bodily harm onto this person that you ended up really having a connection to, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's fine and dandy, but I don't think we need to go through showing that. But that's, a, that's me making assumptions, not actually yeah. playing the game. Because even with Bandersnatch, uh, when you make bad decisions, it ends poorly. Like, mm -hmm. and at, for you, <laughs> the person for who's you. making the decisions, not for the other people. It ends poorly for you. You take your meds and Bandersnatch, something good happens. You tell the other guy to jump off the roof, something bad happens. Um, yeah. To be fair, in Bandersnatch, when you tell him to take his meds, he says no. So No, you can take them. There's one point. You take them? One of the branch, one of the branches is he, oh, okay. you tell him you should take your meds. And he's like, yeah, I just don't feel like it. I'm like, anyway, that's oh. beside the point. <laughs> okay. The other thing that we haven't even touched on is as someone who's been a moderator <laughs> and has seen a lot, um, like this idea that you are responsible for the safety of the person you're yeah. modding for, like that to me is 
not quite problematic, but I'm also very lucky that I haven't ever had anything traumatic like that happen while I was moderating something. I know I have a lot of friends who have been stalked, who have been doxxed, who have been swatted, and have had like the internet come into their real life. And again, I don't think that a game can't tell that story, but this is not that story. And if it was trying to be, it failed epically and should be erased from the universe or put in like the failure hall of fame. Because it, if that was its intent, it has missed the mark so wildly that it, it's painful. It's painful to watch. And what's been interesting is watching the internet respond to it because people on like us are like, oh my God, why would you do this? <laughs> and then you see people on the other end of the spectrum who are not ladies, not interested in female autonomy, you know, who pride themselves on being a little bit misogynist. And their tweets have been like, oh, this is just, um, I don't want to use the term, but I don't know their term for it. Uh, the term is simp, S-I-M-P, which is an alt-right term for like a guy who sucks up to a girl. Um, but it's been ex expanded to mean like anybody in a chat who's like spending extra money to get a streamer's attention, especially a woman streamer. Or if I give enough money, I'll send you nudes, things like that. Then that's a simp, quote unquote. Um, and so that's kind of been the call of calling it a simp simulator of, oh, well, that's all you're doing in this game is you're just sucking up to this girl so she'll show you her boobs or something. And so like even the extremes are like, this is a really bad thing. <laughs> so the target was somewhere over here and then way off to the side is where they ended up hitting it sounds like from at least the initial trailer we'll have to yeah, see and I would if, say if, if they end up releasing it if they i hope don't not. even know if they will yeah i don't i, I yeah i i hope they don't i don't know because it's especially because it would be on nintendo switch uh -huh. <laughs> oh, it's on no. the playstation as well i don't know about yep. xbox and, but i was and looking, the xbox yeah and pc it's going to be on yep. all platforms it would be everywhere and like no, I don't. I don't want that on the same console as Wholesome Animal Crossing. Like, <laughs> take a shot. Oh. The first yeah. time. It is. It is the first time we've mentioned Animal Crossing today. So, because I only just showed up. <laughs> yep, that's true. <laughs> yep. Animal Crossing don't start till Rachel walks in. There you go. Well, and actually, uh, Kelly and Rachel, you're a couple of good people to ask this. For those who want to learn more about. Uh, behavior online harassment what to do about this i think take this has some good resources and like yes take this has some resources about toxicity um you can find those on the blog on take this.org you can also join our discord at discord.gg slash take this org we have an entire category dedicated to resources from crisis management to tips for streamers on maintaining mental health for moderator support um, I just added a resource for people who are either blind or have low vision and so they can play D and D. So nice. Lots of, lots cool. of resources there. Cool. All right. Well, we will see. And maybe we'll follow up with this topic later if it, uh, the game releases or not. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, we'll be right back. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what we've been noodling on. Um, hi, this is the voice of clamshell guy from clinical role. It's a podcast that features a bunch of psychologists and therapeutic game masters who play Dungeons and Dragons. So, you know, tune in every other Monday on the Geeks Like Us channel on Twitch. And, um, stay tuned to some YouTube uh, old episodes. <laughs> uh, yeah.
tune in to find out where my new base seasoning catch on. Uh, let the adventure continue. Thank you. And we're back. This is the part of the show where we get to talk about the different things that our brains have been noodling on over the past couple of weeks. Uh, I want to start with Rachel because you came in and said you were really excited to talk during this part oh. portion. So yeah, so been noodling on. this morning I did a keynote for Girls Who Game, which is a esports competitive girl-only summer camp um, that takes place every year. So I talked to the girls about uses and effects of games, and I talked to them about you know the science of game studies, and then it was open up to questions, and every single question was about toxic gamer culture. And coming from 11 and 12 year old girls, I almost started crying. It was so sad. They were like, oh, I can't play Rainbow Six. It's too toxic for me. Like, oh, I won't even like, I won't even go there. And then I was like, Overwatch isn't so bad. And then I was like, Overwatch isn't bad. And they're like, I get all these weird messages about this, that, and the other thing, 11 year old girls. Um, so I've been noodling personally anyway, over the past week, I've had several meetings with different people about creating better gaming communities but to see it like from the mouth of babes so to say it was really um motivating and inspiring and also disheartening and terrible <laughs> at the same time so that's what i've been noodling on we have to wow. do be better <laughs> it was it really was like because when i played games as a kid i was telling them how i was the only girl in my small texas town who played games that i knew for forever forever because this was pre-age of the internet so they have the internet and they have each other. And I was telling them how like great that is that they have each other. Uh, but they also have, you know, boys tell me that they're better than me and, and girls ruin everything. And I used to play with a couple of guys on, you know, Overwatch and they would forget that I have feelings and they would tell me like girls ruin everything. And it's like, it's a defense mechanism. I gave a little psych 101 in my, in my you know, but yeah, we have oh, to be better. Yeah. Let's be better. Make, yes better spaces safer spaces for people yeah like to take this discord i should have i should have directed them there it's a safe space <laughs> well i guess also in the realm of kiddos and doing better my uh, my little one turns four tomorrow so this is recording on july 28th and so he's gonna be four and i'm really excited because i like presents and he's got a lot of them um Aww. and so that'll be fun but I am also like trying really hard to like make sure since I have the privilege of raising a white male, don't know if, you know, how he's going to turn out in terms of his gender preferences or identity, but for right now, he's definitely unmistakably a white male. And so there's a lot of privilege that comes with that. And so when he says things like, mommy, daddy's better at video games than you, ah. I go, really? Why? <laughs> You say it just like that? Really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. And so he said that the other day, mommy, daddy's better than you at Sonic Adventures. And my, my husband, of course, who is definitely my partner in crime here, is like, well, granted, it's because mommy hasn't played that game. Mommy's good at lots of games. Oh, okay. You're going to shape up, kid. You're going to shape up real quick. Um, but yeah, so like making sure that in, in what little way I can control by putting a human into the world who has the privilege of a white male, um, and making it so he, as we read our Ruth Bader Ginsburg bedtime book, and it says Ruth is a feminist. And he goes, I'm a feminist too. And so is daddy. And so is mommy. And I'm like, that's right. Or when he's reading Pragmatic Princess and good things happen. Aww. And he's very, um, very emphatic that the good 
person win and that we listen to one another. Mm -hmm. So I have been noodling about dear Lord for you're like an actual tiny human. Now, what do I do with you? (laughs) Well, now I'm noodling about everything that Rachel just shared and remembering that I was definitely the kid in middle school that I think my teachers were concerned about me. I was wearing, I was wearing black and combat boots by the time I was 12. So, I mean, (laughs) and then realizing that, oh, I was, no wonder I still am kind of in that phase, um, probably for the rest of my life. And just thinking about like how I was friends with a lot of the guys that played video games and how they accepted me. And I'm kind of wondering if it's because I gave off that air. I just remember having a friend of mine eventually tell me when I was like 13 or 14, like, yeah, you scare everyone. So (laughs) I'm like, all right, that actually wasn't the intention of me dressing this way, but that's fine. Um, I was noodling on that. That was an interesting side path to go down. Um, I'm all for helping younger girls to Mm -hmm. be scary. Yeah, let's get them all some combat boots. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just get them the attitude too and be like, you know, then if they're like, oh, you're mean, it's like, and you're just sensitive. Well, I did have to tell them, like, while I was talking to them, I I was just so inspired by them and they were so clever. And I just said, look, ladies, it doesn't change when you're older. And I was like, look what just happened to AOC on the steps of Congress. Mm -hmm. And she's in the House of Representatives. It, it never stops. So we got to, we got to combat this now. Just know it's not limited mm-hmm. to just now because men, boys grow up to be men who do the same thing. So exactly. Yeah. I, and like for that reason, I'm a little happy. My kids aren't going to be physically in school because I don't have to worry about that crap <laughs> being said to my kids mm-hmm. who love Pokemon and can tell you everything about the Pokemon that they have been studying and reading about and know so much more about Pokemon than me and insist that I pick up Pokemon Go again. Um, so that has re-entered my life. But like, I, this isn't what I've been noodling on, but I have to do a parent brag real quick. Oh, um, yeah. My youngest the other day, she was playing with one of her toy dragons and had the question of like, how do dragons fly? We're like, well, with their wings and magic because yeah. their bodies are too big to have, just have their puny yes. wings <laughs> like i said oh well then how do birds fly it's like well with their wings and aerodynamics but gravity's going to pull them down towards the ground we're like yes <laughs> you are five and you understand gravity this is good there's this thing called lift that when you get enough of <laughs> Nope. <laughs> well, Dad, Daddy plays a lot. He has over a thousand hours in Kerbal Space Program. So they sit oh. and they watch him build rockets and go to the moon and can I fly Can around. I tell a story that piggybacks mm-hmm. off of that in terms of yeah. like proud mama moment and like just so funny, at least for me. Um, out of the blue, little dude, again, turning four tomorrow, comes up to me, Mommy, why do our eyes see upside down? His oh mommy's gosh. a psychologist. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, well, because we have these cranial nerves and it goes to the back of our occipital lobe where the visual spatial ke- sketch pad is. And he goes, okay, mommy. And he walks away. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I already know I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So proud. So proud. And then bam, so low. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, I should have just asked daddy. He would have said because. <laughs> And like you just wanted the answer of like because their eyes are silly or something right That's yeah true. he wanted something that was not so there's this visual spatial sketch pad yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. no <laughs> well the thing i've been noodling on is actually just today um which is like what does 2020 have in store for us next um because yeah. a tragic story out of 
New England, but also horrifying. Um, so where I grew up in Maine, and uh, there's this place called uh, Bailey's Island, which is near uh, the central Maine area. And two women were swimming, and one of them was attacked and killed by a great white shark. Oh. Or seemingly by a great white shark. So now it seems like 2020 has decided to go the Jaws route. Um, Next is Sharknado. So, yes. <laughs> so like, I just like, okay. All right. All right. We're at, we're at Jaws now. Um, I did not, who had, who had Jaws on their July bingo card for this, this year? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I have to laugh at everything going on this year because like if you don't it's you're gonna just turn into a ball of anxiety and just rock in the corner yeah. a lot i, mean, I do that <laughs> that's like that's like my scheduled wednesday from like two to three yeah that's my curl yeah. up into a ball and just cry because the world is so terrible <laughs> but then i can put it away and go on and, and try and live my life so, designated mm -hmm. despair time yes but I guess the moral of the story is take care of yourselves and uh, yeah, all of everybody who's a parent out there getting ready to try and figure out what's this next school year is going to be like. Good luck to you. I've read you missed. I, I was sharing my 680 page teach children how to read book that yeah, I was I sent on Twitter. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm lucky my yeah. kids are in kindergarten, so we're just going to paint and do Play-Doh. <laughs> well, it, there's a uh, therapy dog program out here that my dog was in before we, we retired um, where the kiddos read to the dogs. Oh, so cute. if anybody needs a dog to read to, Ellie's a very good listener, even though she's deaf. <laughs> she will lay there attentively snoring while children read to her. <laughs> that is amazing. And if but any you of your kiddos want a game design course. Yep. <laughs> I'll, I'll volunteer to teach. Is it, you know, is it suitable for a five-year-old? I can guess luckier on game design. Yeah, I could totally, I could totally teach them to cool. do twine. Oh, you really? Could. You could. Well, Kelly, I mean, I, you might now be doing a uh, brain noodles, the kids of brain noodles coding class. So coding might be going a little far. Or not coding, Actually, game design, sorry. I can, yes. I have like a, a Unity C Sharp 101 game that um, I use for my intro students. It's a, a star clicker game where you learn how to you know, go into Unity, make a scene, put different stars of different colors, and then click them. And then once they all disappear, it says, your wish has been sent into the universe. Oh, and there's lots of fun things like random color assignment to the stars. And it's very simple, but it feels really empowering. Hmm. That sounds cool. That's cool. Well, more on that later, I guess. But thank <laughs> you all for listening, and we will see you all soon. Brain Noodles is a product of geeks like us. Your host for this podcast is Dr. Megan Connell with her fellow noodlers, Drs. Kelly Dunlap, Sarah Hayes, and Rachel Cowart. Your producer for this podcast is Amelia Herbst. Music for this podcast is The Life of Riley by Kevin McLeod. Follow us on Twitch and Twitter at Geeks Like Us. That is G33KSLIKUS. That's right, geeks with two threes like us. And until next time, keep noodling.